The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi, and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a weekly show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me as always, we've got co-host Fishing Rick. How are you, buddy? Yeah, great, Macca. just feels like yesterday that we were on the phone talking <laughs> to each other. It does. A bit of deja vu here. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. Weird and week for us this week. That's right. That's right. A bit of a condensed week. Yes. And for the first time on the podcast, we've got one of our leaders, one of our moderators. We've got Fort Support. Uh, good evening. Hello, everyone. Great to have you on, mate. Thank you. And uh, before before we go on, I just want to say congratulations to Maka for the birth of number two. That's an um, achievement. Congratulations. Thanks, buddy. Yes. Young Hamish. Young Hamish. No, we're already calling him Ham. So That's a great choice of name. That's it. Well, look, uh, as it's your first time on the podcast, Forza, we'll find out a little bit about your port supporting background and how you became a port fan. Yeah, well, I guess um, I always was a Port fan. I don't actually know when I became a Port fan. I, I guess I was probably born into it, probably through family. My earliest memories of uh, going to watch Port Adelaide were, unfortunately, they're mostly in the AFL, um, me being a bit younger than a few of the others on the Big Footy board. I, I didn't really have a chance to get to many SANFL games pre-'96, so most of my football was... Uh, 97 onwards, so I was, I was actually able to get the full joy of the early 2000s in my uh, teen years, and uh, yeah, winning the flag in 2004 was just uh, just un- unreal. Unfortunately, the rest of my 20s was a bit um, scant as far as... Uh, <laughs> a bit goes, but You live with that, you take the good with the bad. That's it, absolutely. Well, what's your favourite match? My favourite match, oh, it would have to be the grand final, without a doubt. Seeing Wanganin kick those four goals, Burgoyne play that fantastic game, obviously Peter, and um, pick it with, a, with that Norm Smith performance. You just can't go past that. Yep, good call. And what about your favourite player? Favourite player? At, at the moment, I think it would just definitely have to be Wingard. Uh, that kid can just do things that I, I can't believe. All, all three last year when he was having his All-Australian year, I'd be at the football watching him just kick goals from the most ridiculous angles and steal the ball and do all this just amazing stuff. And it really just reminds me of um, when I was younger watching Wanganin run around for Port. So, yeah, I think uh, it has to be just Chad Wingard. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Good call. What about uh, historical? Historical, uh, yeah, I can't go past the great man, uh, WGT, good old Treaders. He's, um, he's just been that constant throughout the early 2000s. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's one, one player that's really had the, the club on his shoulders for most of that time and was one of the main reasons why we were so successful, really. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, a fantastic segue into our next segment, which is talking about uh, the big Warren Treadray and his Hall of Fame inductee, uh, which is fantastic news, so well-deserved. He played 255 games, 549 goals at AFL level. He was a full-time All-Australian, full-time in a row. 
Uh, full-time best and fairest, eight-time leading goal kicker. He was the AFL Coaches Association Player of the Year in 2004. He was the Brownlow favourite in 2004, unfortunately missed out, and was also our Premiership captain in the same year. What a career. Legendary. Yeah. And especially when you consider uh, his 2005 was arguably just as good as his All-Australian years as well. So he really was yeah, a top absolutely. player for a number of years. Yeah, he got robbed of that All-Australian in 2005. It seemed like they just wanted to go with some new blood, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Who'd, they, who'd they bypass him for? Well, Pavlich, I think, was the centre-half forward. And mm. from memory, without looking it up, I think Nick Rewalt might have been in there as well. And I think Barry Hole was in a forward pocket. Um, which is kind of strange because, you know, Jonathan Brown and Nick Rewalt, they've had a couple of All-Australians and they've been named in a pocket and they really play in a pocket. You know, Treadrow really should have been named in that All-Australian side. You, would, you should have thought in that year. 2005, he was just as good that year as he was in 2004. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's, it's, it's almost criminal that they didn't name him. But yeah, you do get the feeling that Oh, Port, they, they sort of snuck into the finals in 2005. They weren't, you know, one of the top, top teams. You know, you had players like Pavlich and Rewalt entering their prime, and they were obviously playing very good football as well. But, yeah, yeah statistically, Tredis was just as good, if not better, than 2004. So. Absolutely. But what about the highlights, though? There's plenty of them. You know, I remember seeing him play in 1996 as a 17-year-old, and... In that premiership, he had a pretty good final series that year. Kicked two goals in the grand final. Um, and then he turned into just the most dominant and best forward in the game for a good sort of five or six years there. Ooh, yeah, it's, right. it's amazing. Since, since that Carlton uh, 98 game where he kicked those was it eight goals that he kicked in that, yep. in that game. Is. Yeah, he just, he, he just came onto the field and... That was it. He really was one of the, the leading centre-half forwards at the time. Just his kicking early on, that was a bit, a little bit suspect, but it was actually better than what a lot of people gave him credit for. Yeah, definitely. Well, we were commenting today, Macca, um, about his, uh, that eight-goal game and really set us up. And uh, I always remember watching back then, it was just sort of, it was exciting seeing him break out and sort of gave me hope as a, as, as a supporter going, wow, this this guy is going to be amazing, and uh, he didn't let us down, did he? He just had a fantastic career, and you know it's a bit of an interesting journey. How um, uh, you know there was a bit of a concern there at that time with uh, John Cale and the limited opportunities that Treadray thought he was getting that he potentially could have gone over to Victoria. Yeah, he was one of those players, wasn't he? That um, was starting to consider their options around that time. It was him and was it Burgoyne? Him and yeah. Peter, that were, yep. are sort of not sure whether the club was the right spot for them. And, yeah, it's one of the blessings that, um, that Choco came with when he um, became senior coach, definitely. That's it. A lot of memories. I mean, kicking seven goals in a showdown was fantastic. The way that he used to just boss around Essendon every time we played them uh, was also <laughs> fantastic. He seemed to do the same against Carlton as well. Um, always seemed to play well against them. Um, Don't leave a, our Max Hudson for St Kilda. <laughs> that's right. He had a couple of bloody good finals as well, especially against North Melbourne in 2005. Yeah, he was... Um, that's the famous Bow game, wasn't it? Wasn't it? No, that was 07. No? Just 07 yeah. was the game. Sorry. But my, um, one of my favourite games of Travis was actually one of his later games. Um, 
it was you know when the club was really struggling on the field, and it was that that Richmond game yep. where we came back from behind and he took the or he kicked the match winning goal and then he took the match saving mark. Yep. You know moments later and just the roar of the crowd, even though there would have been what nineteen thousand, twenty thousand of us if that. It was just uh, it was just amazing. One of the only games that I wasn't able to go to. I'm still, <laughs> oh, I'm still, still shattered by it. Oh, horrible. We kicked seven goals that day, didn't we? I think he kicked, yeah, six or seven. Yeah. Reckon, he, also yeah. Kicked, uh, he kicked six a few weeks earlier um, against Hawthorne as well, and they were coming off a premiership. Yeah, that's what he was almost. He was on his last legs, wasn't he? But he, yeah, he was still was. able to play those in, inspirational uh, performances. He was just a great leader for the, for the club. It was almost his, his, uh, his last hurrah, really, 2009. He had such a great year, kicked 50 goals, um, best and fairest. You know, he deserved one last sort of big crack at it, and he got it, I thought. Yeah, he did, and, and, and it really made going to the football worth it, especially at a time when people were turning their backs on Amy Stadium. It, a game like that just really made – you really have to make sure you are there just to witness yeah. those sort of things. That's it. He was definitely a player that uh, that made you want to go to the football, and you just knew he was going to take some huge grabs and kick some unbelievable goals. You know, he was such a fantastic player on both sides of the body. Arguably, his uh, non-preferred foot was more accurate than his uh, preferred foot, um, and just the way that he could slot goals from outside fifty on the boundary line with such ease was fantastic. And he was still probably the best player I've seen um, picking up ground balls especially for a key forward I think I've ever seen. Oh, he could definitely pick up below his knees fantastically and he could turn on a dime prior to yep. um, injuring his knee. He just had the most amazing agility for someone of his uh, size and stature. Let's talk about the preview. We're playing St Kilda at Adelaide Oval on Saturday afternoon. And we've got a 14-10 win-loss record against the Saints. We've won the last two games by four and five points, respectively. Uh, we're playing against Alan Richardson as coach for the first time. How are we going to go? We're going to go well, I, I think, as long as we're our head's in the right place. I don't think the Alan, Alan Richardson thing's that major. I mean, he was only here for one season, so... Yep. Um, you know, and look, St Kilda's clearly struggling. They had a good start to the season and I thought, geez, these guys are doing all right and maybe they're going to prove me wrong with their performances. But obviously a few injuries and, and now they've got their younger players in, their depth is really being exposed. And, and as I was joking around to you earlier, I mean, it's, it's hard to know who their name players are now, who are the players that are really standing up for them and, and who is going to uh, sort of take the game away from Port and I guess from my perspective after the Melbourne game I think our boys will be switched on and and really it's our game to lose I would suggest not trying to be condescending to St Kilda No, I do agree with that they did have a very good start to the year even though their opposition wasn't that great they won three of their first uh, five games uh, but they've only won one of their last eight um, they were thrashed by Adelaide and Collingwood by 14 goals each. They were embarrassed by Hawthorne by over 100 points. And they've also lost to the likely Spooner in Brisbane as well. So they really have fallen in a hole in the last sort of six or seven weeks. Yeah, um, I just yeah, just to echo um, Macca and Rick, uh, Saints really 
they've been in a hole and, and they they actually do have a gaping hole when they're playing 22. They just don't have those plays in the peak of their careers. They have a whole heap of players in the, in the end of their careers and a whole heap of young players and no real meat in the team. So as far as we're concerned, you know, the game is ours to lose. We really have to stamp our authority on the game and and yeah, it's if we're switched on, we'll come home with the win very easily. If we're not, then it's going to be um, one game that we definitely should not have dropped, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I watched them on last week against Collingwood and other than the game being woeful, but I couldn't believe that Farron Ray is still playing. Yeah, it's a bit like that, hey? You, yeah. you sort of look at them and, and it's like, who's who's still playing for them? <laughs> you know, I reckon Hayes is probably still there and... Montagna, I reckon, still there, but yeah, I mean, their, their four best players are probably over thirty, and that's uh, Nick Rewalt, uh, Clinton Jones, Lee Montagna, and Lenny Hayes. They're all sort of over thirty, nearing the ends of their careers, um, and they sort of still rely on them far too much. Well, they'd be well over thirty. They're not just over thirty, eh? They're um, yeah, Lenny Hayes is thirty-five. Yeah. yeah, Hayes particularly is um, yeah, it's quite a old campaigner for sure. So what, so what about the ins for us this week? Any surprises? I don't think so. Hamish Hartlett comes in. Dom Cassisi comes back in. Tommy Jonas comes back in for his first game in, what, four or five weeks. Um, Andrew Moore, obviously, he's out with his shoulder uh, surgery. Paul Stewart with a knee injury. And uh, Jakey Knee's been omitted, which is a little bit unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Oh, sorry, Rick. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, no butcher came in, coming in. A bit of a surprise. Was he on the emergency list? Uh, no. No, he's not. No. no. Okay. No. It's, it's a shame because it would have been a really good game for Butcher to come in. He um he had a week off last week, and before then he played 10 weeks straight. So, you know, you'd, you'd think that he'd be fresh and ready to go. And, you know, not that it's Tony St Kilda, but it's he, he's the kind of player that we really need for our structure. And this would have been a good game to get him back into the AFL system as far as AFL games go and, yeah, give him a run on the on the Adelaide Oval. But and he did have out. a very, very good game against St Kilda late last year as well. That was probably his best game for the year in 2013. Yeah, yeah. And he's been kicking uh, quite a number of goals in the SNFL, although we keep hearing that these goals, they're not of the highest quality, but, you know, he's still ticking over the goals. He He's still kicking them. So, yeah, you, you'd think... I, maybe I, you'd have to think the coaches have got a bit of a mandate. They've they've obviously just, obviously just set them a mission. You know, maybe no pressure. Just go and play and we'll look at you later down the track, so to speak. That's the only thing I can think of because I thought it would have been a perfect opportunity to get him in. And I'm also surprised to see that Wingard, Boke and White, all under injury clouds, are, uh, are still in the side. Yeah, I, I, I am suspicious that Newton and Gray will come in as uh, late changes for Boke and White. They, they didn't train during the week. You know, they haven't been sighted. Boke, you know, he hurt himself in quarter one, then played out a great game and got, what, eight coaches, or ten, the full 10 points, I think, for the AFL Coaches Award. Yep. So you'd think if he can do that, he can probably play. But, you know, who knows? Maybe they're just waiting to make sure the ankle settles. So how do you guys think this game's going to play out then in relation to game style? Is it going to be sort of the same as um, 
uh, Melbourne trying to flood right back and clog it up? Or do you, you think Richardson's going to try and take it to us and try and beat us at our own game? The thing that I don't mind about St Kilda is that they are relatively quick. They've got quite a few sort of pacey, explosive players. Um, their skill level just isn't up to par at the moment, though. Um, and they don't get inside 50 a lot. They're minus 9 against their opponents. We're plus 12. So for us, I think it's just a matter of getting our hands on the ball and getting it forward, and, and we'll likely win the game. Um, they are pretty good in the clearances, St Kilda, um, though they don't keep possession of the ball too much. Um, I think it's going to be pretty scrappy, to be honest. I reckon they'll want to sort of turn it into a little bit of a dogfight. Yeah, I, I agree. I reckon they'll, they'll probably try to go scrappy. It's I don't think they'll be able to replicate what Melbourne did uh, purely because they just don't have the same sort of skill or experience to maintain those sort of uh, structures and discipline to play keepings off. So I think they'll definitely try to make it more of a scrappy affair and you'll see, um, yeah, quite a scrappy game, I, I reckon. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just remember St Kilda being a horrible, horrible travelling side to Adelaide. Even when, even when they uh, were in their peak form, they they still delivered pretty woeful performances over here. And they just seem to be uninspired when they come over here. And obviously, you can't rely on a um, uh, a preseason game for form. And based on their current form, I, I can't see it being any better. And the way they fell off against Collingwood last week in the second half after sort of putting up a reasonable fight. Um, yeah, it's. I just don't know. I can't see it. I hope that we actually perform better around the contest than what we did last week. I thought Melbourne took it to us um, and embarrassed us a little bit around the contest, and we didn't really extract the ball at all well, and I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that will be significantly better uh, this Saturday. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, 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 it would have to be, Rick, um, mainly because... At this point, if Boak, White and Wingard all play, the only player really missing out of our best, you know, best 20 is those Monfries. Because mm. yeah, we pretty much have the, the best uh, best team on the park this week, um, with the exception of Monfries. So you'd hope that we'd, um, that we'd be dominant. Mm. I, would hope I, wonder so. if it's a, yeah. I wonder if it's a game where uh, maybe the Boaks... Um, you know, our, our senior players maybe, you know, make cameo roles in their normal positions, and the uh, and the uh, yeah, lesser lights, so to speak, maybe get more opportunities in those prime positions to see what they can do as well. You think maybe throw Bokey on a forward flank or a forward pocket or something? Yeah, exactly. You know, and but I mean, to be honest, if he if he's still sore from his ankle, I mean, really, why would you bother? As you guys intimated before, why even bother playing him? Just you know, get Newton in there. But I mean, if he's fit, I'd like to maybe see him play. You know, sort of a half resting game uh, where he can be quite influential on the half forward flank, and you know, and even give Chad more midfield opportunities for a game. Obviously, we've had a mandate to keep Chad in the forward line uh, for a reason, and he's done very well in that. But you know, I wouldn't mind just giving him a a game or two in the middle just to, you know, to stretch his legs and use his creativity and uh, give him a bit of confidence to get a bit more ball as well. Yep. Well, he started the season um, playing more midfield time and, and then he sort of shifted towards the um, the forward line more, more full-time lately. I wonder whether that's because of the ankle injury that he sustained against North or whether it's just... Because he's been a bit unfortunate this year with, um, with injury, the old Chad, so... Yeah, but it would be good to see him back in the middle again. He, 
he did really well and when he did come in and, and early in the year and play in the middle. Yeah, I got a I got a feeling. I I thought it was more a structural thing because I noticed um, it was after one of the games about three or four weeks ago. Uh, where we won, and and Ken sort of high. I don't think he used names, but he said, "Oh, he might have used Wingard's name actually." Where he said, "You know, he, he's playing his role for the team. It might not be exactly what he wants all the time, but he's playing his role." And I sort of reading between the lines, I was sort of thinking, "Well, okay, maybe Chad would like to play a bit more midfield, but his role is to be the specialist forward, and and he does that very well. And maybe Mumphries is the other one." Um, who would also probably like more midfield time as well. But, you know, we've got a deep midfield now and they do such a great job in the forward line, so that's their role. Yep. Well, yeah, um, Chad you know, Chad moving to the forward line sort of coincided with Butcher dropping out of the um, the team, so maybe there's something in that, Rick. Mm. Oh, what do I know? I'm just, <laughs> a little, I'm just a little accountant in the suburbs. You're still trying to work out about these bloody two-headed alpacas, mate. Hey, I found proof of that. <laughs> I don't care how badly photoshopped that picture is. I got proof. Good work. Go to the Big Footy Facebook page. It's on there. So who worries you about, uh, with St Kilda? Is there anyone that you think might break the game open for them? Not really. I mean, I know it sounds a bit condescending and, and offensive to the St Kilda team and their supporters. But, you know, I mean, maybe Lenny Hayes in a workman-like ability. You know, he's a, he's been a fantastic player for them and for the AFL for a long time. Yep. Uh, so I've got a lot of respect for him or St um, Nick Rewalt. Uh, again, their senior servant, you know, two great players. But, you know, they're getting on and really we should be making those guys accountable quite easily. I don't think they've got the firepower to win this game personally, especially if we can shut down Rewalt. I think they're going to very much struggle to kick a winning score. Yeah, the only player that really sticks out for me that may potentially cause us a bit of grief is uh, is Stephen. Yep. Yeah, he he does seem to enjoy playing against Port, but he's one of their best players, so he pretty much enjoys playing against anyone really. So. <laughs> If he um if he starts to dominate, then you know they could be uh they could cause us a bit of trouble, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, who do you see stu- going on, Stephen? Sorry, Rick. Who do you see going no, on, Stephen? Right. Oh, it do, really do we depends. see a bit of a tagging job on him? Yeah, it depends where he plays. Really, if he's if he spends most of the time in the midfield, then possibly your your Kane Corns. If he drifts forward, now that Cassisi's back, I'll probably could see Cassisi going on him. Just depends whether they have the pace to keep up with him. I'm not sure how fast Stephen is. He's pretty quick. He's quite explosive off the mark, I think. No, I was going to say, flip your question around about who's their dangerous players. I mean, I guess, how could we lose it? That's the question. And I I just don't see how we could lose it. You know, it would have to be abysmal. It would be a monumental stuff-up if we do lose this game. But then again, we did almost lose to Melbourne as well, so... Yeah, but as we said last night, Hawthorne nearly lost to GWS, so maybe there was uh, a lot more in that Port Hawthorne game that, you know, we realise. I guess it really depends on, you know, if the three injured guys do end up playing, you know, if they get injured again pretty early on and we're forced to play under man for, you know, half or three quarters of the game, that could put us under a little bit of a, of pressure, but... 
as I said earlier, I, I just don't see how St Kilda are going to kick a winning score. Um, I think we're going to keep them to under sort of uh, eight goals in this one, to be honest. Oh, we should, at least. Mm. Definitely. It it really comes down to respect. You know, we still, we're still an AFL team. We still have to respect them. We still have to stick to our structures. Yeah. And, you know, if, we, if our work rate does drop off, it doesn't matter who we're playing. You know, we'll, we can definitely lose. So if we do what we're meant to be doing and play Hinckley's uh, game plan, we'll, we'll definitely run them into the ground. There's no doubt of that. At all. Would you, well, if you were Ken Hinckley and, and let's say Boak, White and Wingard aren't completely 100%, would you guys just rest all three of them and I'd take rest. and take the risk? I'd rest Boak for sure and Matty White if he doesn't come up. Yep, I think Newton and one of Gray or Need can do the jobs. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not really a matter of who the opponent is. It's you know, how do we manage our players and what's the best, the best call. And if you know, Burgess says, you know, Boke, he can play, but it might be better to give him a rest, then definitely give him a rest. Yeah. No doubt. Well, I, I'm hoping, to be honest, that they don't, all three of them don't play if they're not 100% fit. I'd rather uh, rest them now and have them fit and firing for Sydney and I would still be out. I'd still back our our team in. Our, I'm looking forward to seeing how our defence operates again with um, Concisi and Jonas back in the side. I'm I'm assuming Jonas is going to slot back in perfectly once again and really tighten up our uh, defensive structure. That it was a bit woeful last week against Melbourne, and I thought we really missed uh, Tom Jonas there. So uh, yep. he'll be a great in for us. I'd actually like to see him go to Stephen. To be honest, he's done a job on Murphy earlier in the year. Murphy and Stephen are relatively similar in terms of pace and, and size and, and what they're good at. I reckon he might be able to do a job there. Is um, the SA product that's played a great first year Dunstan playing? He is, yep. Now, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I think he's been fantastic for St Kilda in, the, in his first season. He has. He's been definitely the, the young shining light for them and Obviously, he was widely tipped to come to Port Adelaide and, you know, just missed out, I think, so. You were keen on him, though, weren't you, Macca? I was pretty keen, yep. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Things I think a few were keen on Dustin. Mm. But now, with hindsight, you, you know, we've got the under-the-radar impy that no one was expecting and you've got Dunstan. Who would you, who would you be taking now after their performances during the year so far? I think Dunson, it's kind of hard to compare because Dunson's been in the guts. Obviously, he's getting a lot more of the bowl. He's really impressed. He's got an AFL body first up. You know, but Impey's been fantastic for us. He's done some really good jobs down back. Um, you know, has shown quite a cool head under pressure. It's kind of hard to compare. I wouldn't be, at the moment, I definitely wouldn't be trading Impey for Dunstan. Not at all. All right, well, let's get on to the big four questions. Uh, the big four questions that we ask at the end of all these preview podcasts. Uh, the first one is the time to stand up. Rick, I'll start with you, buddy. I'm going the big hammer, fresh, after his uh, ridiculous week off, which shouldn't have been a week off. Yep. Um, I really want to see him exert a massive game, sort of take a bit of a load, assuming the uh, uh, those topical discussions on the players playing or not 
um, I'd really like to see him step up, play a full midfield game and uh, really exert his influence. Uh, yep, yeah, I've gone for Aaron Young. He's uh, He's been playing some pretty good football when he's been given the, the full games, but uh, now that most of the first 22 players are coming back in, he's probably the closest like-for-like replacement uh, if Montreux returns next week. So he's really got to have a, a massive game to, uh, to essentially force Mitchell out. Yep. Uh, he's also been playing some pretty good football. No, that's a good call. I like that one. Um, I've also gone with Hammer. Um, I want to see him have a, a really big game this week to repay the faith after missing last week with suspension. Um, it would be great to see him have a, a 30 disposal game and kick a, a couple of goals as well and, and really take on a bit of a leadership mantle, as Rick uh, suggested earlier. And the next one is the Danger Man. Forza, I'll start with you. Uh, the Danger Man. Um, I've sort of gone a bit um, uh, different. My Danger Man is the unknown player who tends to have a ripper every now and again against us. So there's probably one player in there that we don't know, we're not familiar with, and he's just going to have an absolute ripper. Uh, you're talking about the spuds that tear us apart, right? <laughs> <What? aren't you? laughs> yeah. That's, That's where it's disappeared. It's a young kid that comes up and gets a rising star on or something. So it's, I can just sense there's going to be something like that happening. I've got that feeling. Yeah. Oh, it's, got to be Seba- it's got to be Sebastian Ross for me if that happens. <laughs> Take Theron Ray. Yes, Sebastian Ross, I'll go with that. I'm happy with that. You're not a big fan of Farron, are you? No, not really. <laughs> he, he reminds me a lot of Aaron Fiora. All right, Rick, your danger man? Aaron Fiora? Stuart <laughs> <Aaron Fiora. laughs> like Tony it's Lockett? Yep. Uh, oh, look, I don't know, to be honest. I, uh, look, I just, our complacency. Hopefully that's our, my danger man, danger attitude. Not being complacent. That's a fair call. I do like that. Uh, my danger man, after all these years, it's still Lee Montagna. Um, I think he's still the most damaging mid on their list. He's top three in all their key categories. Um, disposals, clearances, inside 50s, rebounds from 50, uh, contested possessions, bounces, tackles. He's top three in all of those. Does it all for St Kilda. Um, I'd love to see Wines go up against him at the stoppages. And maybe see Kane run around with him um, around the ground. He was best on ground in their last win against Essendon. Um, so for me, he's the one whose uh, influence we need to stop this week. Nice. Good call. Now, the key to winning, Rick. Key to winning for me is Jay Schultz leading, irrespective if we're winning without him leading. I want to see us delivering better into the forward line, to leading targets instead of them just standing there, waving, trying to take the big speckies. And obviously also um, winning more contested possession around the clearances where we were pretty woeful last week. I'd really like us to extract the ball a lot more and more efficiently and therefore uh, we'll be able to exert more inside 50s and get a lot of scoreboard pressure. Uh, Effort. Purely effort. If the players uh, stick to their structures and they work hard, they should come away with a win, um, provided none of them have food poisoning. Uh, you know, I sort of expect to see more support for, for Boak if he plays, um, particularly from Ebert and Wines, who were pretty quiet last week because they were probably, probably sick, so they're in for a big one. And then obviously Hamish coming into the team after being out, um, also in for a big one too. So hopefully we'll see some midfield dominance uh, tomorrow, uh, Saturday. Yep. 
Love it. For me, the key to winning is just simply win the bowl at the stoppages. If we get first hands on the bowl, we win the clearances, then you know St Kilda are going to struggle to get it inside 50 enough times to kick a winning score. Even if they do win the clearances, it's likely that they'll struggle to kick a winning score anyway. A 21 inside 50 differential per game between the two clubs means that all we really need to do is just get our hands on the ball and get it forward. You'd um, you'd also be expecting a massive game from Lowe this week, surely, wouldn't you, Macca? I would really hope that Lobie has a big one this week. Mm. It's all set up for him to have a huge game. Isn't it? All right. And the prediction, Forza, who's going to win? Uh, well, I'm still thinking that Broken White will drop out, so I'm going to be relatively conservative. I'm going to go for Port by 30. Well, I predicted big margins for us against GWS, and we failed, and Melbourne, and we failed. <laughs> so I'm going to say Port by 17 points. Fair enough. I like that. I think uh, despite the fact that we might have a few people drop out or they might come in with a bit of an injury cloud, I think we'll rise to the occasion at home once again and come away with a very comfortable 61-point victory. Nice. Good call. That's what I'm expecting, but I just don't want to say it. <laughs> because I've been very disappointed with those two games. Yeah. Because uh, I, I thought we, that's what we should have had and we didn't. So... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to lower my expectation this week, so uh, I won't be disappointed, but that's what we should be really benchmarking, at least. All right, on to the Maggies. Uh, we're playing Central District at Albert and Oval on Sunday, and we've got an 83-55 win-loss record against uh, the Doggies. Uh, the Dogs have won 16 of the last 17 matches between the two sides, and the last one we beat Central at Alberton was in 2006. Um, so they do have quite a big dominance over the Port Adelaide Footy Club at this NFL level. Um, I think it's time for that to stop. What are we expecting to see from this game? A lot more fringe players? Yep, I would think so. Yeah, I, don't think they've, I haven't seen the team names yet. Oh, I've got strange. the team up in front of me. Um... I do? Yeah, it's uh, Heath, Stewart, and Renoff all drop out. Um, so Paul Stewart must have. I wonder why. Is that a different Stewart? No, Paul Stewart. I thought he played no, in. Yeah, Paul Stewart, yeah. He must have played AFL. Yeah. yeah, but he must have been named in the um, centre in the like, Port Adelaide's last team because uh, it was the week off last week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he played the week before the state game. So Renoff, Heath and Stewart drop out and Sawford, Russell, Stevenson, Hawkins and Cracker come into the extended interchange bench. So it's actually um, Stevenson's first game of the year and same with Russell, the rookie. Yep. So it'd be good to see them running around if they uh, they get onto the park. I expect Stevenson will play, so I'll be following his progress closely as the first hit out, um, especially someone who's, um, you'd have to say, in danger with their list spot, given um, his age and his lack of AFL time. So you think he'd be fighting for his career, so it'd be good to follow him. Definitely, yep. Well, he's almost a replacement for Stuart in a way, isn't he? Or he's yeah, one of us. Yeah, he's, uh, he, I think he comes in and takes Stuart's spot, really. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd expect him to play on a half-back flank and push through the midfield a little bit. Yeah, he's that's very, where it's very, at. very good state league footballer, uh, Stevenson. So yeah, remind me, Macca, what was what was Russell's bio on the uh, rookie list? Good pace, good uh, good defensive ability, 
kind of like a mini impy. Did he come from uh, Victoria? He came from Geelong, from memory. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see him run around and what he can do. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. I was quite impressed with him in a couple of the pre-season games that he played, and then he got injured and hasn't been seen since. So it'll be good to yes. see what he can do. Quite a long hamstring injury. Um, quite a serious one to be out to miss 11 weeks of football. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He's got a good size about him, even though he's... I think he's quite short. He's still only 180 centimetres, but he's got a body that's ready to go. He could uh, definitely fill in um, at SANFL level straight away, and you never know what might happen from there. He's just... He's 179. He's just under 180, yeah. Yep. Bit of a shorty, but... Yeah, it's, it'd be good to see him around for the first time. He's still 18 years old, so... If he plays well, he's definitely got a bright future in front of him, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd expect we'd give him a second year, um, regardless, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Because we got him quite young. I think he only made the draft this year by about six days. Yeah, he's a bottom major, so yeah. you'd think we'd give him a, a second year on the rookie list at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Amon, Amon played, um, made the best players last game, didn't he? So you'd be hoping he steps up to the plate again, Macca? Carl Amon, yep, he's, uh, he continues his development. He's on a bit of an upward path, and you never know, an AFL game might not be out of the question by the end of the season. And I wonder how our um, our big footy player sponsor, uh, Brennan Archie, will uh, go this week. Hopefully he can uh, step up to the plate. Do you guys think he's been making any forward improvement this year, or has he been a bit uh, stagnant with his uh, development? Well, I do wonder whether he's been following the AFL website because he's been put in the gun um, by Harry Thring. So he really should. Yeah, yeah. They had an article about um, players whose list spots are in most jeopardy and um, Archie was the one nominated. Nah. So, I, still yeah, I still don't buy that, to be honest. I mean, I know what, he's. this is third year on the list, isn't it? Third year on the list. He's only 20 years old, so he's really yeah. young, but... He's sort he's sort of tracking the same way um, Marlon Motlop was tracking. Mm. So if he wasn't at the Magpies, would he be in in the league? You know, he may be playing in the reserves. Yeah, he could be. I, I just think, for me, it, and it's not even because I know people say I, I sort of stick up from a bit like uh, Pittard, but I mean, with our list, I just think we've got the ability to sort of carry these underage players, you know, because there's probably other players that are probably more expendable and it's probably, we don't have a list where we need to churn over six or eight players at the end of the year because it is still relatively young. So, I mean, why invest three years in in development to somebody who has had some injuries just to turf them out and go, okay, well, they haven't made it and cracked it in three years and maybe keep someone older on the list that's had... A longer time to try and develop and uh, you know when it, it's not going to cost us much and hurt us in list development uh, to maybe give him another year contract just to give him a bit more time to see if he can evolve as a player well that's how I feel about it anyway yeah I still just want to see him get more of the ball that's what a ball is yeah. down to to me is that I think he's become a bit more consistent this year but he's still only sort of that 12 to 14 disposal player I'd really love to see him get up to that sort of 18 to 20 disposal mark to see what he can do. Yeah, I think 
I think you're um, you're absolutely right there, Rick. With uh, you know, give him a another chance. You know, we've, we've got Hitchcock on our list. He's in his fifth year, and you know, he's shown he's got a bit of talent, but he's you know always been injured. But at the end of the year, there's a there's a forty player senior list, and three names have to go. And at at this stage, Archie is definitely one that's um, you know, could he could be one of the three. So. See, to me, I'd probably be looking at Stevenson. I'd assume Cassisi's probably going to retire at the end of this year. There'd be another one. And uh, you'd probably think that Stewart probably will move on as well, I would imagine. So, I mean, we, there's sort of... Wouldn't you, if, if you want to keep Archie? Otherwise, otherwise yeah. you keep Stewart. I just, I just don't see the, the need. I mean, we're getting a bit off track, I guess. But I just don't see the need for keeping say, a Paul Stewart on the list, it's probably going to get very limited opportunities. Uh, he's probably capped with his development, um, you know. And the same with Cam Hitchcock. I mean, Cam Hitchcock's not young anymore. What is he, 25, 26? Um, is he, 23? Yeah, he'll I mean, be, be 24 in a, in a month. He, he's, he's one that really confuses me because <laughs> he looks like, he, looks like he, he shows a lot, but he just doesn't get on the park. Yeah. Oh yeah, with Wingard and Mead and Sam Gray now coming through, it's it's hard to see him uh, staying on the list beyond this year, to be honest. Monfries as well. Yeah, yeah. Although Monfries is a little bit of a different player, but yeah. Uh, you'd think that uh, Carl Amon and uh, is it Burn Jones? Yep. Yeah, Darcy. You'd think that, yeah, you'd think that they'd probably pass Cam by pretty quickly too. You'd imagine. Well, they've yeah. they've already surpassed Archie in a way. Um, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I'm they, not not disputing that at all. First year, and they're, they're still eighteen year olds. Yeah, and they're really bottom ages, so we'll be doing really well. All right, I reckon we might uh, we might leave it there for now. Uh, I should I should say one thing quickly, Macca. Yeah. Even though even though I've bagged out on Farron Ray, he's forged a pretty good career for himself. <laughs> <laughs> I, he has. He's played a lot of games. He has played a lot of games. So for someone that I'm bagging out on, you know, he's he's done pretty well, really. <laughs> he has. Well, Forza, it's been great having you on, mate. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate the, uh, the invitation, and I'll be happy to come on again if, if you guys think I'm any good. Definitely. Definitely. We'll get you back on. Rick, as always, buddy. Pleasure. I hope you guys enjoy the game. It's a, it's a shame that I'm, uh, I'm not going this weekend, but I need to get away. I, I'm, my wife tells me I need to uh, switch off the brain for a couple of days, but I will re- reunite with Tango. Yes, Tango will be back. She'll be back. Love it. Go Port Adelaide. Have, have a good one, boys. Go the power. Cheers, Go boys. Port. Cheers, guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Trent Ray from 45 metres out.